Good evening. evening. It's good to have this number out back with us for our second half of our worship service. And uh, know this, that we're really starting to miss folks now, ain't we? We're all on single side now. The boat's going one way. But uh, we definitely miss all the folks who have uh, who've separated themselves from us and, of course, those who are sick. But uh, we, we do miss them. We know, we know that we miss them and missed them before. But uh, we definitely appreciate it for the ones in attendance this evening. But this evening, we're going to look at something again that's, uh, that's beneficial to us. And that is my second page. Let me get back over here to where I want to begin. We're going to look at Daniel tonight. They, uh, I, I, tried to, I tried to beat myself to the tail end of the lesson to get into the New Testament. Tonight we're going to look at Daniel and Daniel's faith. I, I know we've covered Daniel before, but we're going to look at Daniel again to refresh our minds about the idea of being faithful to God. And as he delivers Daniel, we're going to see that, he will deliver us as well. It's in like, in like manner. God has never changed as the, the faith that saved Daniel from, from the, what we're going to study tonight. is We're going to be saved from eternal damnation, that idea of salvation on Judgment Day. And that is our faith. We're saved by faith by grace through faith. almost got that wrong. But here we are in Daniel. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 6, and we see, the, uh, we see a little bit of a background of, of Daniel. Of course, if you want to read the entire chapter of Daniel, you see exactly what kind of person Daniel is. He is a man of God. He is one that says, gives his life to God, and he does his very best to be obedient to the things that God would have him to do. That is an encouragement for us in and of itself. The idea of being faithful through adversity, through hard times, through difficult times, is to be faithful to God. Now, we're going to start in chapter 6 and verse 1. We're going to get a little bit of context about the story here. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one of the satraps, might give account to them, so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. See, there's that little bit of a sneak peek of who Daniel was. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. All right, let's stop there in verse 4 before we carry on into our reading. Notice that the governors try to get something against Daniel. This, this idea of the king wanting to set Daniel over the whole realm. So this, this higher, or this better spirit was in Daniel. This, he he distinguished, distinguished himself. This an excellent spirit. That's the word I'm looking for in verse 3. That excellent spirit abided in Daniel. That was his faithfulness. Now, they, they, thought, they thought it kind of strange and kind of foreign. We see that again today. This idea of an excellent spirit abiding in Daniel. And that was his faithfulness, folks. That was his uh, a dedication to God. That was his motivations through his everyday walks of life. Not just on one day or, or two days. His entire life was based off this thought. So the governors and the satraps, they said, well, we've got to find something against this Daniel. We don't want the king to set him above us. We want someone else, not this Daniel. So they try to find some charge against him. They couldn't find one because he was faithful in verse 4. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. Daniel did his very best 
to be a one, a good person, and two, being faithful to his God. So we're going to continue reading on in verse 5. Then these men said, We shall not we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and, and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. Now notice in verse 7, all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for, for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, in your remembrance of this story, uh, you, as we get a little bit of a sneak, pre sneak peek at the end of this lesson, notice, remember what happens to all of these folks. Because remember, these lions are cast into this den of lions. The, back then, the, it, if someone was to be cast into this den of lions, or lion's den, if you will, those lions were not fed. They were hungry. They were continuously kept hungry on purpose. For therefore, they weren't hungry anymore. How many folks in verse 7 was involved in this, for lack of a better word, trickery? There's a lot of folks here involved that gets their, their just reward from the king of the, den of, of the lion's den. Uh, there's their petition to the king. Now, verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the, and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. At this, at this point, the king said, well, that sounds like an all right thing. It's not that bad. So he signed it. Well, he, didn't, he didn't give a second thought about Daniel. Keeping in mind, Daniel was being faithful to his God. And we're going to see this idea about praying to God or Daniel's habit, a very good habit, of praying to his God. Now, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as it was his custom since early days. Verse 10. Notice something significant about Daniel here. He hears about the writing being signed. He knew what the decree was, that no one could petition God except the king. So Daniel goes home and prays to God with his window open. He does not shut his window. He doesn't try to hide. He doesn't try to, try to go behind closed curtains, if you will. His door is open. He wasn't afraid of this decree. Then these men assembled in verse 11 and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king, That Daniel, one who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, for or for the decree that you have signed, but makes petition three times 
a day. How do you think the How do you think the king Darius there felt after hearing this? Keep in mind he 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 was going to sit Daniel over the entire realm. He he's a, he distinguished himself before the before the king as having this excellent spirit, and he remembers at this point. Yeah, him being faithful to his God. Verse 14. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel. Now turn my page. <clears throat> to deliver him, and he labored to the going down of the sun to deliver him. Well, I can stop there in verse 14. Give you a little bit of a to, to the best of my knowledge of the law of Medes and Persians, even just in this lesson, if it's written. It's set in stone. Whiteout can't take it out. The eraser for your pencil can't take it out. It's there forever. It's there forever. It could not be changed. Couldn't alter. That's what the word alter means. It can't be changed. So here's the king trying to get out of it. We got to save this Daniel. We got to make a change. We got to help him. We got to deliver him from this horrible outcome of him being faithful to his God. Notice in verse 14 that when the king when he heard these words, he was greatly displeased with himself. He was displeased with himself because of what he has signed is going to condemn Daniel. And therefore he labors to going down well, that evening when the sun goes down to deliver Daniel from this horrible outcome what he's going to have to endure. And, there's, and then verse 15. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, no, O king, that is that is the law that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. Here we see the king. The king trying to make this decree or this thing that's that's concerning Daniel. He's trying to change it, and these men come before him. It's the law. It's the law that says he must be cast into the, the den of lions. Because he has broke your decree. So we see the king. Verse 16. So the king gave the commandment. And they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of the lions. But the king spoke saying to Daniel. Your God whom you serve continually. He will deliver you. Now notice in verse 16. We see if you stop at verse 16. You think oh this king's got great faith in Daniel's God. He's got a wonderful faith. This, he, first, he was concerned, like, we got to get Daniel out of this predicament. He's going to die. At my handwriting, he is going to die. So he makes the command to go, be, to, to go have Daniel to cast into the lion dens. But before he is cast in, the king stops him. And he talks to Daniel. He says, your God. He says, your God, whom you serve continually he will deliver you there he says he understands god he understands and he he has a great faith this king does if you stop reading there but you got to move on you got to keep reading that a stone was brought and laid on the tomb in verse 17 excuse me and a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den my mind went to a different story or a different lesson. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of the Lord's that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. 
Here's Daniel going into the lion's den. Do you think it broke the king's heart to watch that big stone rolled in between him and it was his friend? He was concerned about Daniel. This big stone rolled in here and he had to seal it. He says, well, nothing can be changed. He is in there now. Now, there was no decree about how long. There was, there was no decree about someone, well, he's in there, now go get him out. There was no decree about that. But he was cast in there. Keep in mind, let's go back to the, to the condition of the lions. They were purposely hungry. They didn't feed them like you feed your animals. They starved them on purpose. Therefore, if anything went in there, they devoured them immediately, as we're going to see. And, of course, our remembrance of this lesson, as we're going to see, they're, they're exceedingly hungry. But here's Darius telling Daniel, your God will deliver you. I know he can do it. So we see the stone rolled in front of the mouth of the, of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and, and with the signets of his lords. That the outcome of Daniel in that lies then not to be changed. So verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. He's worried. We see Darius worried about Daniel. See his faith slip away, right? If he was so concerned about excuse me, about God delivering Daniel from that lion's den, he'd have slept like a baby. If he had a true, honest faith in God, he'd have slept. Not necessarily resistance coming in and, and excitement's happening. He wouldn't have been worried. He wouldn't have been. But yet still he was. That's why I said you gotta, you gotta read a little further when we see the, the, the lack of faith in King Darius so far. And then verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. Verse 19, the, the little bit of a background, well, the definition of haste means he didn't let nothing stop him. He went straight there first thing in the morning. He went to that den of lions to check on the outcome of Daniel. He had some faith. He had enough faith that says, well, maybe, maybe his God, whom he served continually, maybe he saved him. Because if he had no faith at all, leave him in there and he's done and went about his way. He was concerned, folks. We see this idea of him concerned about his, his friend, his person who has that exceedingly great spirit. And then verse 20. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? So here we see Darius go up to this den where this rock is. And he speaks out and says, Daniel, are you still there? Has your God been able to deliver you? Has he saved you? Whom you can serve continuously. Notice he says your God. He doesn't say our God. He says your God. Keep in mind he's a captive from Judah. 
This is our Heavenly Father we're talking about. That's whom Darius is talking about. And in verse 21, Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. Think about this. Here is Darius with just enough faith to be standing there the next morning after these hungry lions has been in there with Daniel, or Daniel's been in there with these hungry lions. Folks, I'm here to tell you, that lion would have eaten anybody else. Or those lions, excuse me, they would have eaten anybody else because they're hungry. It's, it's a lion's nature is to eat. So here we see Daniel speak out and say, Oh, king, live forever. Do you think his, his burden lifted? He did. His burden was lifted, and he's, he's still on the other side. Your God delivered you. Your God has saved you from these lines. Verse 22, My God sent His angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Verse 22. Here we see Daniel conversing with King Darius that says, My God has sent his angel. The lions haven't hurt me. And here I stand before you unharmed. Because I am not at fault, nor I have done anything wrong before you. And Darius knew this. This is why he was, it saddened him. It displeased him in verse 14 within himself. Because what he has written put Daniel in this predicament. So here his grief, his worry has been lifted. Because Daniel has been delivered or saved from the lions. Then verse 23, Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him because he believed in his God. There's that word believed. What a wonderful word in this time of this lesson. Daniel trusted in God. Not only did he trust in God when he was in a, a dire circumstance, could you imagine being in that predicament? Being in that den with those lions, knowing very well that they're hungry and you're by yourself. Nothing to defend yourself. You're standing there before them. It's you and them. How would you feel? Terrified, right? I was like, this is it. Daniel says, nope. I trusted in God. I've I'm not at fault. I'm innocent. I've done, I've done nothing wrong. Now we see Darius's other side, if you will. And the king gave commandment in verse 24. And they brought these men who had accused Daniel. And they cast them into the lion's den. Well, we see these men being cast into the lion's den, right? These men who caused Daniel this grief. Who caused the king all of this grief. Well, let's cast those men into the den of lions. Not only them, their children and their wives. What? So if you back up, when you see in verse 7, all the governors of the kingdom 
the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors, they all consulted together to establish that royal decree. So we see the governors and the satraps and all those folks went in with him that we know of. Those men, not only just those men, their children and their wives. See what sin does? It destroys. Disobedience from God or trying to get, not necessarily one up on God, but trying to condemn someone who is trying to be faithful in God. It destroys. Notice the rest of that. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Again, these lions were at least one day hungry. At least. And these folks were destroyed before they even ever come down to the bottom of the den. That's the power of our Heavenly Father, folks. That's the power that He has just over lions. Enough to be able to save Daniel. Why did he save Daniel? Why did he save Daniel? Because we see Darius noticing. This just Darius noticing, right? That Daniel served his God continually. And even though that decree was signed, went home immediately after it being signed, knew it was written, went home and prayed to his God with the doors open that folks could see. He didn't hide. He stayed faithful. So we see Daniel being saved by his faithfulness. He let nothing come between him and his God. Now, let me get back to where I tried to go in the beginning of this lesson. It's the end of it. <clears throat> we see in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Starting in verse 11. Here we see in the New Testament a similar example of, being, of Daniel being saved by his faith. I'm sorry, it's a chapter 2, verse 1. Ch chapter 2, verse 1 of Ephesians. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now let's be real. Before we were submerged in those baptismal waters, we was dead in our sins. Period. We had yet to wash our sins away. We were still guilty of the sins that we have committed, but yet still so many today have yet to adhere to God's Word. So many folks have yet to be obedient to God's Word through baptism. But some have. This is, right, this is written to the some have. And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're no longer guilty of the sins that we have been immersed for, but now we walk in our everyday walk of life needing repentance. And once you once walked in verse 2, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. There it is again. We heard that this morning. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But he made us alive. We were dead in those trespasses. We are no longer dead in those trespasses, or we should not. 
Keep in mind, Daniel was saved by his faithfulness. Now, keep in mind, if Daniel had not been faithful, he would have been a children of wrath, and God wouldn't have saved him because he would have had no faith. Let's let our faith, let's let our faith be examined, examined tonight. Let's look at our faith and see how it measured up to Daniel's. Someone told us we couldn't worship on the, on the first day of the week. Someone told us we could not assemble. Someone told us that we could not worship our God on His day and made a law according to it. Well, God's law always comes first. Always. Daniel didn't adhere to that man's law. He adhered to God's law. And God saved him. In verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. There you go. Again, I want, us to, I want us to look at our faith and test it tonight. We can see a, a, a small example here, even with Daniel. I know it's an Old Testament example. It's there for our learning. We learn that Daniel's faith saved him. It did. God delivered him. In like manner, God will deliver us as well. He will. Now, this is a judgment scene. This is either... Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, or well done, good and faithful servant. It's one or the other. It's not, well, it's undecided. It's already been decided. God has predestined us whether or not we're going to be saved or lost. He already sees it. But we do not. We need to remain faithful. We need to stay vigilant. We don't need to give up because once we give up, we're condemned already. Verse 8 speaks of faith. Now there's a wonderful lesson of faith that I've done a good while back. The different types of faith. God wishes a living faith. An active faith. That is what God wishes for His children. And so many of the others, one being a dead faith, He doesn't want that type of faith. He doesn't want a blind faith. And the list goes on. There's so many different types of faith out there. God wishes for His children an active, living faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's faith in God. Faith in Jesus Christ. How is our faith tonight? Is our faith up there with Daniel? Because his faith saved him. God's grace is there, ready, willing, and, ready, willing, and able to be grasped a hold of. Are we reaching for it tonight? Are we trying our very best to be obedient? 
Daniel did. And look how it got him. It saved him from that dire circumstance of those lions. Tonight, we need to, again, measure ourselves up just in, just in Daniel's. I know we use Jesus Christ's example. He had a great faith. He was obedient to his father and to death upon that cross. Yet he died a sinner's death, yet he was sin-free. He died for your sins and my sins, so they may be remitted. So we can be saved on that great and glorious day, that day of judgment. How will we measure up right now? If our Lord and Savior came to those doors and He was ready to take you home, could He take you with Him? It's either a yes or no answer. I want to make sure that's a yes answer. With take, remove all doubt to make sure that's a yes answer. Again, verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2. Put this into your memories and continue to say it to yourself continuously. For by grace, that's God's grace, you have been saved through faith. That's your faith in Christ. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Our salvation is the gift of God. Now, he doesn't give it. Now, I know it says freely given, right? But it is dependent on actions on our part. If it was freely given, why do we have God's word at all? Why do we have instructions to get to him? Because he requires something of us. He requires obedience. Again, it sounds like Daniel, does it not? He served, served his God continually. Are we serving our God continually? Or have we taken that short walk with Satan? Because once we've taken that short walk with Satan, we have that separation from God. We can't serve God and be against Him. Well, that's a no-brainer. That's a contradiction. Let's make sure we are faithful to God trying our very best to serve Him in our everyday walk of life. So if you've taken that short walk with Satan, turn away from Him. Yes, tell Him you want nothing to do with Him. Come back to God through your confession, through your repentance, so as you may be saved yet again. That idea of getting confession, of confess your sins because He is just and faithful to forgive us of all unrighteous when we do so. And of course that we being Christians, those who have been immersed, I want, to, I want to encourage something tonight. If baptism needs to happen, don't wait. Again, we don't know when Christ is coming. Get that forgiveness that we need. Do you need to come to God? Why don't we do so as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation?